Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Start Ed Up podcast. Excited today because I'm going to be on with Jacques Jean. He's with Tech Fights. Uh, and this is also part two of my experience there at the Festival of Diaspora there in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Uh, I had been paired with him to be on a panel there at the festival. Um, Cordell Carter had set that up. And immediately when we started digging into what education needs, I immediately loved his insights, both in talking about what we could do with Web3, but also just what skills were needed. Um, Jacques was uh, born in Haiti, and so he he had kind of a, a different opinion and a different slant on how things need to go out there. And uh, immediately we just hit it off. We start having these deep conversations, and luckily I brought just enough equipment with me to the festival to be able to do some podcasts so in this episode you'll in the background hear the ocean matter of fact on the album cover i made sure that we had a picture he and i that were on the beach and literally we did this uh, podcast by the ocean so you'll get to you'll hear some helicopters you'll hear some planes um, because they were doing you know some tours around the beach but um the beauty couldn't match some of the beautiful ideas that were coming from Jacques. So I sincerely appreciated this. And also, you know, Jacques and I became friends after this, and we're going to be, we're going to be creating some uh, fun uh, opportunities uh, for, for some students in his native land and uh, for some students that we're working with here in the States and maybe some other countries as well. So enough of me gabbing. I know you're going to love this one. Again, if you love it, share it, please. But without further ado, Jacques Jean. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Start Ed Up podcast. I am here today with Jacques Jean, and what you hear in the background is waves. We are here uh, in Puerto Rico and in San Juan, all brought to you by the Aspen Institute. And uh, Jacques and I had the luxury of meeting, uh, and we started talking about what innovation looks like and, and how do we grow this and how do we grow um, more pipelines of innovation and uh jock's got a really interesting story and and uh on, on how he got where he's at but he also still has a passion about uh haiti uh and 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 remembering where he came from so we're going to dig into that today uh but i will start off by saying first of all jock thank you for being on the show give us a little bit about a, a little bit of background about yourself and also tech fights don thank you thank you thank you so much and uh, I cannot thank you enough for, uh, uh, first of all, I was honored to be on the panel with you. Uh, it was insightful, and I believe people take a lot away from it. But let me talk a little bit about my background. Uh, I came from Haiti. I'm from Haiti. I was uh, born in a little dirt town called Ferrier. It's a beautiful place. Haiti is a beautiful place. And uh, uh, when you go there, you see the topography of Haiti. You see the landscaping. You see all of the things. You're asking yourself why this country is not better than what the world think of the country. And um, it's one thing that drives me nuts for where I am as a Haitian citizen and as well as uh, for the some of the success that I managed to get of my in my in my world, and my goal is how can I take the achievement that I have gained in my life, how can I duplicate that with some of the folks that I have in Haiti? So uh, throughout my career, I spent 25 years in the corporate world. I used to work uh, in Honeywell. 
I was the head of Six Sigma for them in Latin America. Uh, I was uh, the head of IT for one of their business units in uh, uh, Europe. I was the head of IT for another business unit in Asia. Uh, and then I spent 10 years really with Honeywell and then decided to move away and then have an opportunity with, uh, with a British company called Invensys. Uh, throughout that journey, I spent five years with Invensys and then Invensys got acquired by Schneider Electric. And then uh, I become the head of IT for Schneider Electric specifically in one of their business units, one of their largest business units. So throughout that journey, obviously, I did not talk about my educational background. I did my undergrad in uh, uh, Mexico and then uh, in economics and then spent five years in Mexico. I speak fluent Spanish and then from there move over. I met my wife in Mexico and then came to U.S., went to Carnegie Mellon, uh, spent some uh, great years in Carnegie Mellon. And then uh, uh, after Carnegie Mellon, I went to an executive program in Harvard, started working in the corporate world. Uh, it was fantastic. But throughout that journey, one thing that I always wanted to do is to build a library in Haiti. And uh, because uh, when I talked to people about that, they were like, no, this is impossible. But the first time I stepped into a library, I was like 19 years old. First time I stepped into a library, and that was in Brooklyn, New York. When I first stepped into a library, I was like amazed by the potential. And my dream was formed right then. And then I said, the minute that I have money, I would build a library in Haiti. So uh, right now we have uh, three libraries in Haiti. One of them is closed. I managed to do one in Pilat. This is where my dad is from. Uh, one in Ferrier, this is where I was born. And then one in Wanamint, this is where my mom is from. So uh, those uh, two of the libraries, the one in Wanamint and Ferrier are very prosperous. We're talking about we have 2,000 membership in the one in, in Wanamint. Uh, the team is a phenomenal team, uh, and uh, we managed to build a partnership with the uh, government, local government, and as well as uh, not-for-profit organizations called ADO. Uh, great partnership. And now we have a beautiful library in the middle of Wanamit, and uh, a phenomenal library. I'd like to talk to you more about it. So let me, um, which by the way, uh, uh, something you should never do on a podcast is talk about the visuals. So we're we're surrounded by beauty. By, by the way, uh, a, a iguana is creeping up on us. Um, but it, like, what I didn't know, first of all, I did not know that you went to Carnegie Mellon and, and, and your educational background. But a lot of times when we talk about getting students into that innovation mindset, it, it starts off with a mindset um, that sometimes realizing you can strive to do more is a hard. That may be the hardest thing. So I do have to, like, I don't want to lose this moment. You came from, you didn't even describe what your home, where you grew up, what it used to look like. How does a young man leave abject poverty in Haiti and decide to go to two of the finest institutions in America? And, and, and by the way, this is the other thing is like, when people like certain things aren't possible, I'm sitting with a person that said, yes, it is. So let's start with the mindset. Where did that start? And how did you, 
I don't want to say how did you know that you were going to go to places like Carnegie Mellon, but where did that mindset begin? How did it start? So, uh, I have to give credit to uh, my dad for uh, building that mindset within me because my dad was not a guy with a lot of educations but was able to manage to do so much. And for me to leave that, to leave that in an environment, I'm like, you know what, I can do anything as well. But at the same time, you weigh something very important here, uh, abject poverty. Uh, for me, it was interesting enough, I did not understand that I was in an abject poverty. Because, because when you grew up in an environment where you have the community there for you, and the community see you grow, uh, and and five, maybe 15 years or 20 years later, I was able to take my kids back to uh, uh, Ferrier, that little community where I was born. I was never grown up in Ferrier, but I took them to, 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 to that environment just for them to see exactly where I was born. Because you should not allow, you cannot allow the past define your future. And, and, and the fact that you come to a place, that I come to a place like here in U.S., I cannot look at left and right and then allow left and right to make the decisions for me. I have to make my own decision, understand exactly where I'm going, but at the same time throughout that journey, I can make the decisions to identify what type of pluses and minuses that I can take with me so that they can lead me to the directions that I want to go. So uh, to do that, obviously, I have to look at some of the folks that I am associating myself with. For example, you and I, we did not know each other, but there's two people that show up and, and when we start talking, they're like, do you guys know each other before? And no, we did not know each other before, but there's something that called positive energy. Ability for us to just, how can we build on those positive energy and then for us to find something better that we can go and then move forward. And those positive energy are things that we can leave. I don't want to say for a legacy, but at the same time, uh, the kids that you're doing a lot of work with, Right when they see things like that, those things create magnet, and then that can produce positive effect around the world. It does not have to be in, in U.S. It can be anywhere around the world, and those are the things that I'm sure that we're going to come back to the question. But those are the things that I think we're trying to do together. Um, I, I I don't want to lose this moment because you're right. Um, and I'm and I'm not pandering to Cordell or Aspen Institute by saying this, but I, I'd said this today on, on the panel I was on that I have heard very little, if no complaining, but I've heard a lot of ideas and where we can move forward. And I think that's where people like ourselves feed on is that we're talking about. Well, there's a, there's I think it, and boy, if I'm going to butcher this quote, I apologize. But like I think is Eleanor Roosevelt is basically and I'm, and I'm going to really, really, really uh, I should look it up live. But um, small minds talk about people. 
medium minds talk about events and large minds think of ideas and talk about possibilities. I think is one of the things that we have talked a lot about this week at, uh, you know, here with the Aspen Institute and, and, and this, this group that Cordell has put together. Uh, and, and a lot of them are, are voices of people that have overcome and are wanting to move things forward. So I, I don't want to lose that what you just said. I, I think that's, that's vitally important. But then secondly, um, this mindset that started, it sounds like, with your father, um, which, by the way, kudos to him, needs to be replicated. I, I think that there is so much doom and gloom out there that if you get on, and I'm going to sound like a, a dad here, but if you get on too much social media, everything's against you. It's not possible. It's, it's, and, and by the way, there are barriers. But I keep going back to the people I've met here this week, and you, Chief, included, is that um, there almost seems to be this mindset advantage of a lot of people that have had it. It was never easy. Uh, I've also heard of some people, I just interviewed a person that called, you know, the immigrant advantage that when you like, there is no other way, like you, you have to go out there and get it. And that's an advantage. Um, and I'm by, I'm by no dismissing and by no means dismissing like the journey that like it wasn't easy for you to get here, but that has been like an advantage that you want to work on. The thing that I like, and I'm going to turn it back to you is that you said just earlier, as soon as I, as soon as I've got some money. I'm going to put in money to what I really inspired me, and that was a place, a place you could go and learn, and a place you could go and connect and innovate. So, um, kudos again for you wanting to like your growth and you you know like starting a company and going independent and like growing all these IT services. Now you said you've got this new thing that you're growing some libraries in Haiti. I want you to dig a little bit deeper into that. Tell me why and then what the outcomes you want to see from these libraries. So when you think about uh, industrialized world, the U.S., uh, you go in any country in Europe, the foundation, the basic foundations on each one of those countries is their people have access access to what access to information so how can you grow if you do not nourish that brain right because we have to be able to see to observe to consume to learn and then based on what we have acquired and then ability for us to just use that for our own advantage so the thing that was a little bit uh the thing that was really important for me is ability to everything that I do was around books because books help me travel around the world. Books help me discover the things that I did not have. Books enlighten my vision, open my eyes. And I'm like, you know, a beautiful country like Haiti, now we're talking about abject poverty, right? based on your background right but at the same time Haiti is a beautiful beautiful country when you go there you feel like hey this is a paradise but it's in a wolf 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 diamond right but uh, so for me the library what what was happening in the library is if I can create two or three other Haitians just like myself and better than me 
I think that would be a success. So that's when I made the decision and then to go down there and then create, we build those libraries. When I build those libraries, the first time I go down there, I did not have a book in the library. I remember my wife was so mad at me because we've been talking about setting up those libraries for so long. And then uh, she's been doing all of the planning. She, my wife, she is just crazy planner. Everything has to be from A to Z, and if it does not, and she has to see the specific path to get there. And she is excellent at it. So within two years, we've been talking about it. I was getting pissed because I'm an operational guy. My job is, hey, we talk enough about it. Now let's go and execute. Let's do it. So I took a trip to Haiti and then opened the first library. When I opened the first library, I had two books in my hand traveling from, I think it was from Arizona to Florida, from Florida to, to, to Port-au-Prince. And then when I go down there, I got the carpenter guy coming together, build the shelves, sign the lease for the building, uh, and then hire three employees for the library in Pilat. And I invited the uh, Catholic priests to bless uh, uh, the library. I invited the Baptist uh, preacher to come to bless the library. I invited the whole community of churches to just go, come and then build the, the, bless the library. And then after that, I invited the schools all of the kids to come in and see the library. But people were like, what do you mean you have a library? There's no books. I said, well, we do have books. We have two. Thanks about all of the hundred more books that's going to come. And then they're like, where are those books going to be coming from? Are they going to be in French? Are they going to be in Creole? Are they going to be in English? I'm like, I said, time will tell. I said, what I want you to know is if you believe in what we're trying to do right now, everything is possible because if you if you allowed me for me to come all the way from us i'm one of your son to just put my investment right here and that investment the return is really the social return that i'm looking for it's not money i'm looking for one kid two kids three kids to just go come to the library and then read and then take advantage of it so no i i so i i get excited thinking about that because Just the, sorry, we edited that out. I get excited thinking about that because the destination is a lot of it. And like what books are going to become, like let some of the kids pick. And and like I, I'm sitting here thinking about some of the authors and some of the books that help shape me. Of course, that's the ones that I'm like, okay, here's some of the books I need. But I think it's going to be part of the fun is like what, what needs to be here, giving it to them. I, I know when I was in the classroom, a lot of times there there was these, uh, and I understand why there was a trend of like, get 3D printers into the into the school. I understand that, but have the students say this is why I need a 3D printer. So I, I get excited about the fact that you're wanting to start this library. You want to start this destination where things can happen. That the books don't matter. They'll come. The want to be there is everything. Yes, yes, and 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 guess what. <laughs> Two weeks after I left Haiti and then went back home uh, in Arizona, and then my wife said to me, so now what? 
where are you going to get the books? I said, uh, let's find out. And then I get the phone, and then I start calling specifically friends. I called and uh, a few friends and friends. I said, hey, guys, I have a library, but I have no books. How can you help? And then they're like, uh, well, we have uh, 100, we have 200, we have this, we have that. Uh, we can send you those books. I said, how much it's going to cost? And then when I'm looking at the logistics of transporting those books from Europe to here, it was going to be expensive. I said, okay, what's the next best country near U.S. that can facilitate something like that? So I reach out in Canada. And then this is where I find I got a jackpot. I hit the jackpot in Canada. So I was talking to that uh, not-for-profit organization. That's exactly what they do. They serve countries just like Haiti. And then they say, you know what? We can give you 10,000 books. And then we will, as long as you manage to identify money for the transportations, and then we will deliver those to you at your door, wherever it is. I'm like, just fall out on the couch. I'm like, oh my God. And it just happened. I called my wife and then we, my wife got home and then we got a big hug and then we celebrate, we have a great dinner. And then after that now, we had money in the bank uh, to support uh, the first library. And then after that, we just go and then manage the transportations. And then now we have in that first library, we managed to have like 6,000 books. And then the other 4,000 books, we distribute them around the schools. We make sure that each one of those schools have libraries in their, in their school so that kids, if uh, they're trying to do a specific project, if they're trying to do specific research, at least they have like maybe a couple hundred books in, the, in, in, the, in their school. And if they cannot find what they want, they can go to the library and then consume the information. That was my first, our first library. I am, um, I love hearing that. <laughs> and I'm sitting here doing my mental Rolodex of, I like, I've been, we've been blessed with interviewing a lot of authors on the podcast. And I'm like thinking of exactly what books that I would, like if I was starting a library, I know what books I want to, I want to pull it. And obviously we're going to collaborate. We're, we're, I can't, we, we, We'll do another podcast and we start working with each other for a couple months. And obviously, it's, again, you know, thank you to Cordell for bringing some of these people together. And, yeah. and that we started, like, that's when we really start hitting off with the possibilities of what if our students, what if your students, and what if we and all these other things. And so there, there's a lot there. And I don't want to spoil it. I'm not, I want to do a podcast later when, like, I don't want to talk about what we're going to do. I want a podcast later of what we've done. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, like, without a doubt, I, I wanted to get you on and, and capture this you know, the fact that um, well, I was just talking about with some other people, like I once I want people to be successful, but I want them to not be jerks. I, I think that right now capitalism has been given a black eye because there's people that flaunt. Ironically enough, there's a lot of people that are social media heroes that now that they've made it, they're they're flaunting their wealth. But first of all, good for you if you've made wealth. But when you said earlier, as soon as I make it, I want to give back. And I, I, as soon as you make it, I want to give back. That's the mindset that we're talking about. That's the mindset that all of a sudden kids see themselves in a situation because they see themselves in you. Jacques did it. So can I. Jacques was, lives in my neighborhood or lived in my neighborhood. So I, now I can do these things too. That's the thing. 
So a lot of focus on, you know, we need necessarily this tick tool or we need to change this or change that. Sometimes it's just things seeing themselves in that situation, having some resources, having a place to go, and then having some connections to, to, to get things moving and then maybe even serving other people or, or as, we, as we say all the time in this podcast, see a problem as an opportunity. So I, I look forward to the things that we can work on. I look forward to the things that, uh, how we can empower the students that are, that are there in Haiti and, and, and are going in and out of your library and, and getting involved. Uh, so I'm just, I'm excited about the future. Before we leave though, people are like, who, who is this guy? I want to know more about him. Uh, other, like, where can we find you? Uh, is, is this a LinkedIn thing? How do we get to know more about you? And is there a website for the libraries? Is there a place we can go and find more information? So uh, I'm all over the uh, the place. Specifically, you can find me on LinkedIn. It's Jacques, J-A-C-Q-U-E-S. Middle name is M. Last name is Jean, J-E-A-N. Obviously, on LinkedIn, you're going to see all of my corporate background. Uh, and you might be able to see some of the things about related to the library. Uh, my company is uh, techfides.com. Uh, T-E-C-H-F-I-D-E-S dot com. And what we do at TechFides, we are an IT strategic consultant company. We focus on three core services. We do IT performance management. We do enterprise digitization. And we do IT merger acquisitions and divestitures. We work with mid-sized company all the way to big companies. And we work with government, federal, uh, state, and as well as local municipality. And most importantly, we work with a lot of not-for-profit organizations because those are, for me, the most important impact that we're, living, we're, we're, we're making in the world. Uh, as far as the library, we used to have universallearningcenter.org. Uh, we have not done much with that website, and we're going to reactivate that specifically with all of the things that's going on on the Web3 because we did not want to put a lot of money there and those are the things that's going to help us out. Uh, so, uh, but if someone wants to reach out to me, please check me on LinkedIn uh, and as well as you should be able to find me on, th on Twitter, Jacques M. Jean 1 on Twitter and you, 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 you should be able to find me. There's going to be a part two episode. I, I, I feel it because we didn't even get into Web3. We can later. I wanted to establish this because uh, I think that, um, yeah, there's a lot of thoughts there on, on what we can get our students to look into Web3. But no, uh, Jacques, I, I, I um, the, the, again, fate, um, the right timing, the right place. I'm glad that we were not only on the same panel, but in the same city and the same location to, to not only meet, but immediately the first thing you and I went to was possibilities. What could we do? Uh, you came up to me and you're like, Hey man, I got a lot of questions. I like this. I'm like, I got a lot of questions. And you know, like immediately we wanted to, we wanted to think possibilities. And I wanted to thank you for that. Uh, because I think that there's some big things coming. Um, kudos, to your mindset, kudos for your upbringing, kudos for your give, giving back, um, and and really wanting to push this mindset and empower more people um, to create a paradise in Haiti, and 
get it to cr- truly be a paradise and, and, and to unleash that potential. So appreciate you being on from the bottom of my heart. It is a pleasure and uh, sincerely have, appreciate having you on the show. Hey, Don, uh, look at where we are right now. Look at where we are right now. Look at the beautiful, the beauty of nature. Who would have said that you are sitting right here with a little boy from Haiti coming from Figuier, right? For where I came from. So you talking about possibility? This is possibility, man. This is possibility. Ability for us to reach unseen potential, right? And we're sitting in front of a beautiful hotel, a Hilton, and then for us to be in front of the oceans, looking at the whole city view, and it's just magnificent. One last thing that I want to say. I want to give a special thank you to Cordell. Cordell and I, we've been friends for so long. Cordell and I, we went to grad school together in Carnegie Mellon. And I was super, super proud of him for putting an event like that together. And the most important thing is the impact of the event. For you and I to be doing what we're doing right now, and the potential of things that we talked about for tomorrow, man, it's untouchable. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm gonna make sure that our podcast album cover is us by the beach, so people get an idea of like, they really were talking uh, right next to the ocean. And and yes, I agree, Cordell Carter deserves most of the credit for, I thought not all the credit for bringing us together and the ripples of impact that we're gonna see from this point forward. Well, Jacques Jean was our guest. The links are in, in the bio. Uh, please check it out. Uh, and I promise you, if you follow me or Jacques on social media, you're going to see some things here in the next couple months. So stay tuned. Other than that, uh, please recommend this to a friend. Like and subscribe. Uh, we really do appreciate uh, the reviews. And as always, this is Don Wetrick reminding you, as Jock pointed out several times, those opportunities are everywhere. We'll see you.